0: Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast, Episode 9. I'm Sarah. I'm Emma. Do you ever feel like you can't say your name right? Yes. My name starts with an S, which is really rude considering I have a little bit of a lisp. Okay, well, I know for a fact that I have a, a much more pronounced lisp than you do. Emma's an easy name, though. Yeah, but I, I sometimes stumble on Emma. Emma. She's the girl with the bow in her hair. Everybody, that's the wiggles. Oh, okay. Um, we can probably cut that. Yeah, I'll cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome I to episode nine. Don't think we have any updates, no new followers as of yet. But we only just recorded the last one, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. maybe by the time this drops, there'll be new people. In which case, I'll shout you out in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah aside from that follow us on all the stuff uh because um we really like doing this just as like a fun little side project but it is cool if we have people listening because it makes it feel less like we're just talking to each other which is fine i actually don't mind that at all like i'd rather if... only talk to you if i have to yeah like even if we never end up getting more than like 20 listeners or something i'm actually okay with that because I just find it quite fun doing the, like, research it is fun. for these. Yeah, it is fun. And just, like, telling little spooky stories and or, like, talking about interesting true crime cases. And the research is fun too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, yeah. like, I don't actually – it doesn't really matter if we don't have any followers or anything. Correct. But it's vindication if we do because it means that – what is that? That's the next one over the dog. Oh, it's howling. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so sad. Why bother having a dog? If you're not gonna like mm-hmm. just dote on it, and the kids probably are uh, like little shits to it too. I mean, they let their they kept their um cat outside on a 40 degree day, and yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Have you seen baby Joe? No, nah. mm. mm. but you saw him, or maybe it was a ghost, but didn't you see him as well? Yeah, though? yeah, I saw well, I saw this like back of him, yeah, that's that's my ghost story, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a cat, so I, I have ne- next to neighbors had a cat, we call him called him Baby Joe. One day I found him out the front of my house and he had blood coming out of his mouth and he was like on death's door. I'm sure that, you know, I could have put money on the fact that he was going to die. He got away from me. He ran to the next door neighbor's house um, and that was the last time I saw him for months and months and months and I just figured that he'd died. And then one day Sarah and I were going somewhere, we were in the back of an Uber and we pulled past my neighbor's house and Sarah saw Baby Joe and then I looked and I saw the back of Baby Joe Um, But that was the last time we saw him. And I, like, at first, I forgot that he was dead, supposedly. And I was like, oh, baby Joe. And then I was like, wait, baby Baby Joe's dead. Baby Joe? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I hope he's alive. Yeah. Anyway, you're doing... Today... Oh, yeah. Should I jump in? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing today? What are you talking to me about? I'm going to talk to you about a lady by the name of Angela Hammond. Okay. Okay. Heard of her? No. All right. Let's get started. My sources today are thoughtcatalog.com a Reddit thread on Unsolved Mysteries, ky3.com, unsolved.com, clintonmo.com, Wikipedia, and Season 6, Episode 12 of Unsolved Mysteries. Ooh, okay. So I guess that's a spoiler that this one's unsolved. I'm wondering if I it will be familiar to me now because I have watched most of Unsolved Mysteries. It's a very early episode. It's with Dennis Farina. Right, okay. Maybe. It might start coming back to you, us. yeah. So I'm going to start by telling you about a town in Missouri. You ever been to Missouri? No. Whereabouts I, is Missouri? I was going to say, if I asked you to locate it on a map, could you? Uh, yeah, it's in the Midwest. It is considered Midwest? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not bad with my American geography. I've been there a couple of times. I've been to Missouri. What's it like? Well, I've only been to St. Louis. Oh, but I don't know if St. Louis is a good um kind of... Didn't you say it was a bit rough? It was a bit rough yeah, yeah yeah but um I I you know I might have been in a bad area but uh Missouri borders eight states Chiefs it borders Iowa Nebraska Kansas Oklahoma Arkansas Tennessee Kentucky and Illinois um the town in particular in Missouri that we're going to be focusing on is called Clinton Missouri Clinton is located on Truman Lake where a popular pastime is crappy fishing What is that Crappies are a popular game fish. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Loved it when I read that. So it's 1991. Do you want to know what the things, were? what was popular in 1991? Yeah. The most popular song of the year was uh, Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do It For You. The most popular movie was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And on the TV, people were watching Cheers and they were watching 60 Minutes. Nice. Sarah was also one year old. Probably less than. Hang on. You weren't even born because I'm gonna. I'm talking about January in nineteen ninety one. Okay, I was born. I was just like a month. Oh, old. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was thinking you were born in nineteen ninety one. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, you were a month old. Yeah. The world I was born into. Yeah. So, nineteen ninety one, Clinton, Missouri. It was described as a quiet farming town. Uh, the population of Clinton in ninety one was eight thousand seven hundred and three. So, quite a small That's place. Small. Yeah. Uh, One of those residents was 20-year-old Angela Hammond, known to everyone as Angie. She was popular and outgoing. She was a bank clerk and she was also taking classes at Central Missouri State University. So a smart, popular, outgoing girl. Mm -hmm. Angie was born in Kansas City, Missouri, but her parents moved the family to Clinton for a quieter existence and Angie also had a younger sister. Angie was dating this guy named Rob Schaefer. They were high school sweethearts. And sorry, how old is she, like, when this story is happening? 20. Okay. After Angie falls pregnant, Rob proposed to her and the two were engaged in January of 91. Rob was an athlete during high school and he planned to join the military as well after graduating. Okay? Yeah. Pretty normal existence so far. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to um, April of the same year. Yep. April of 91. So Rob and Angie had been at a barbecue together at Angie's mom's house. Mm-hmm. And Angie was dropping Rob um, at his parents' house on the way home at about 10 p.m. because Rob had to look after his younger brother because his okay. parents were out. But the two had planned to meet up again later on after Rob's mum got home to relieve him of the, like, babysitting duties that he was doing. Um, And then the two were going to go out on the town. Oh, okay. Okay. Quite late to be heading out. It is, and also she's pregnant. She drops Rob off at Rob's parents' house. Rob's looking after his younger brother. Angie then goes to her friend Kyla's house um, and spends about an hour there. And I read in different places that they either drove around town together or they just hung out at her house. But they hung out for an hour. Manies, manies. So this next part of the story is according to Rob. He's the main source of information in this story, and he's also um, interviewed in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries. So about 11.15, Rob gets a phone call from Angie from a payphone at the intersection of Jefferson and 2nd Street. This payphone was seven blocks from Rob's home were quite close um apparently angie was calling to let rob know she was too tired to meet up and go out in the town understandably um she's about four months pregnant at this point so she's probably not feeling the best Mm -hmm. so rob was just going to spend the night at his mum's, and angie would then pick him up the next day because they lived together Um, and i also i have to keep reminding myself this is pre yeah they didn't have mobiles yeah so while angie is talking to rob she apparently tells him about a suspicious guy who'd been circling the blocks a few times in a green Ford pickup truck. Are uh, you to you and I? Mm-hmm. hmm Alright, so she's on the phone with Rob and she's like, Oh, this is a weird guy. Yeah. You can picture it, can't you? Like yeah, it's you, scary. Yeah. So you're you've called your boyfriend and you've just noticed that there's this, like, kind of creepy guy. Mm-hmm. It, I I can imagine, like, if if I was walking home and I was a bit scared of someone, I might call you and I'd just be like, just stay yeah. on the phone with me. There's this, like... Yeah, it just makes s- you feel a bit safer to... It feels like someone's there with you. Yeah, to yeah. just share it, to be mm-hmm. like, oh, there's this weirdo. And you yeah. also feel like the person would not pick on you because you've got someone on the other line that you'd, yeah. like, just be like, he looks like this. He looks, he, he, you know... Yeah. He's got a big nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this man that she's describing, then apparently he pulls up alongside the payphones that she's out. He gets out. He goes to the payphone next to Angie. Is she telling Rob all this? Correct. Then he goes back to his truck. He gets out a torch and he's like flashing uh, it around the truck and on on the floor like as if he's looking for something or dropped something or something like that, right? Angie describes this guy's appearance and truck to Rob while she's on the phone to him. Rob suggests that maybe the phone wasn't working that he he went to and like maybe he's just waiting to use hers so he goes ask the guy if he wants to if he wants to use your phone so she asks this guy if he needs to use her pay phone and I read two versions of the response that he gives one version is the guy tells her he's going to try the the other phone again in a minute and the other version is that he just replies no which it said, he replied, "No," which scared her even more. Yeah, that would scare me. Me if too. Was just like, "No," it, yeah. So Angie, regardless, Angie's like, "No," he doesn't want to use the phone. Um, and they return to their conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? She doesn't think too much of it. But a few moments later, Rob hears Angie scream and hears a man's voice say, "I didn't need to use the phone anyway." Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. So upon hearing this. Rob drops the call, runs to his car, and speeds in the direction of the payphones. Mm-hmm. He knows where they are. He speeds towards them. Yeah. While he's driving there, in the opposite lane is a green pickup truck mm-hmm. speeding the other direction. The car match the car and the man match the description that Angie provided, and apparently Rob hears Angie calling out to him from oh the truck. My God. So Rob quickly throws his car into reverse. When he does that, he unknowingly damages the transmission in his car, but he speeds after the pickup truck. He's following the car for two miles. That's 3.2 Ks to you and I. He only manages to make out an X and a Y on the license plate before the damage to the transmission proves too much for the car and the car breaks down. Rob jumps out of the car and starts chasing the truck on foot, but he's like pretty pretty soon, obviously, he loses the truck. Rob flags down a passing vehicle and the driver of that car takes him to the local police station where Rob tells him what's happened. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to pause here. What are your thoughts so far? Oh, my gosh. This is all so scary and so horrible, but my thought is also that They've got so much more information than a lot of missing person cases do. They've got a partial number plate. They've got, they heard his voice. Um, they know exactly the time that it happened. Like if this was modern times, this person wouldn't have a chance. Yep. What do you think about Rob? Um. So he sounds okay so far. Uh, I don't know if he becomes sus later. <clears throat> I mean, his story, it sounds like plausible. Okay. Um, you know, he's raced down there and in doing so he's fucked the car and, yeah, it all all sounds pretty... You're on Team Rob. So far, yeah. Look, he he doesn't become any more suspicious or any less suspicious. Um, It's just, you know, it is what it is. I also feel like um, there would be ways to disprove his story if he was lying you'd be able to say there was nobody on the payphone at that sure. time like i'll tell you now that the cops have ruled him out yeah okay. um so following her abduction uh, an extensive search for angie is undertaken the missouri state highway patrol checked hundreds of cars matching the description but they were all ruled out at first Rob's story was questions and he became a suspect but within a week he was cleared yeah okay okay he took and passed a polygraph, um, but we all know that's kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But also, two witnesses came forward and said that they did see a green Ford pickup truck near the payphones on the night in question. Also, Angie's mum doesn't believe that Rob was at all involved. She's quoted saying the following: "Rob blamed himself for it because he always told her that he'd be there to take care of her, and he tried. He did everything that that could be done. Nobody blames him, but I think that people, but I think that he thinks that people blame him." That's sad. She also said about Rob, I think it was natural that people wondered, did the boyfriend do it? But my feeling was I've known the kid all his life and I never doubted for a minute that he had anything to do with it. Yeah. So another member of the Rob fan club, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, just because it's often the partner doesn't mean it's always the partner. Right. But, I mean, like, if you went missing mm. suspiciously, I would look at Greg, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would. I wouldn't just give him a pass because I don't think that he's capable of it. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's capable of murder, but I would still suspect him in your disappearance. But I think in this case, because it seems like something where it would be quite easy to disprove if he was lying, you'd be able sure. to figure that you, you out. You'd think that the he cops would know location. how to. And, and also, I would think that, I didn't read it anywhere, but I would have thought they would have um, interviewed the brother. Yeah, it's like, like, but exactly Maybe the brother was asleep. I don't know. Like, he was at his parent's house i'm yeah. sure there would have been a way to prove that maybe people saw him fly out of the driveway maybe 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 so let me tell you that the commenters on the unsolved web page were ripping into rob really <laughs> let me just tell you poor guy he's been cleared by the police right yeah but um the comment section of the unsolved page um it was wild i guess there were some like really crazy theories being thrown around one guy claimed to be a clairvoyant in, oh, in the God. comment section okay. and he said he was like he said he wasn't being taken seriously um and then another guy had replied to that saying he was a podcast host and he wanted to interview the guy <laughs> so that's an idea for us <laughs> um we can recruit from there <laughs> yeah um angela's abduction and disappearance was tentatively linked to uh two other unsolved cases that had occurred within a hundred mile radius of clinton that's 160 kilometers um and that's the equivalent of perth to Bunbury. Okay, that's not that far. It's not that far, but it is still. If a murder happened in Bunbury and a murder happened in Perth, yes, but like Perth is a big city. This is we're talking about like a tiny town. towns. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so this the first case that it was it was linked to initially was um it happened in Max Creek, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about an hour and fifteen minutes away from Clinton, and that is the the murder abduction and murder of forty two year old convenience store worker Trudy Darby. So on January 19th, 1991, Trudy had called her son to report two suspicious men lurking outside the store. Her son immediately went to the store, arriving within 10 minutes of her call, but it was it was empty. The store was empty. His mum was missing. Her car, coat, and purse were still at the store. Mm. Two days later, Trudy's body was found on a riverbank. She had been raped and shot twice in the head. The other linked case in the beginning, it occurred in... Nevada, Missouri, that's spelt like Nevada, but it's pronounced Nevada um, in the Unsolved Mystery Case uh, Mm -hmm. episode. Sorry. That's how Dennis Farina pronounced it. Yep. Nevada. Nevada. Weird. Uh Again, it's about an hour away from Clinton. This is 30-year-old Cheryl Kenny, another convenience store worker, vanished after locking up the store for the night. Her car was still in the parking lot, suggesting that she never made it to her car. Uh, It's believed that she was abducted. Witnesses heard a scream from the area around the time she would have been abducted, Mm -hmm. and Cheryl has not been found since. Convenience stores are like servos, right? Correct. And Angie, was at a servo? She was at a payphone. Okay. Doesn't doesn't say if that's – if it was like – At a servo. or Because in my it was, head it I'm was picturing that, par- But there was a parking lot next to it. Yeah, so I'm picturing mm. it being like in my head there's like a servo, a parking lot, and then a little payphone. I don't think there was anyone around because I'm guessing they would have seen the abduction or they would have like spoken to – if it was at a convenience store area, they would have spoken to the convenience store person and they would have either confirmed or denied Rob's story. Yeah. But those two were tentatively linked in the beginning. I don't think they're still considered to be – connected, but I'll just tell you a little bit more. Authorities don't think Angie or Cheryl are still alive. They believe that they've met a similar fate to Trudy. Yeah, But there has been unconfirmed sightings of Angie as far away as Canada, but there always is in these cases. They always see people. So those are the preliminary details of this case, right? Yeah. We're going to go into some suspects now. Okay. According to Rob and Angie on that phone call, the abductor is described as a filthy white guy with glasses Beard and mustache. He was wearing overalls at the time of the abduction. Gross. Yeah, he sounds like a mountain man, you know? Yeah. He was driving an older late 60s or early 70s model Ford pickup truck that was painted two tone green and had a decal on the back window of a fish jumping out of water. Fisherman. So specific as well. Yeah. And there's that Truman Lake there. Yep. But also, you'd think that with such a specific description, you would be able to find that pretty easily Mm -hmm. if it existed. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always the chance as well that he was like this. Whoever this person is, changed. That's it up. identifiable. Yep. Let me rip that off. Exactly. As soon as he, as soon as this all happened, painted his truck, ripped the sticker off, shaved his mustache, shaved, got uh, some different got new number plates. Yeah, yeah. So, fiance Rob was initially considered a suspect, as I said, but he was cleared. But a commenter on one of the pages was oh, here we go. not ready to let rub off the hook. Yeah. Um, she posted the following theory and this is absolutely speculation on her part. Mm-hmm. But let me read you what she said because she does have some good points. So she says and I also love the way that she writes it because it sounds like she's kind of I imagine her as like a like an older lady who's like, just listen to the tone, okay? okay. I have read through this long thread, and I see, a lot, I see a lot from all sides, but I wish a few things could be cleared up before I give Rob a clean slate on this. I am very familiar with Clinton mo. I know what booth she is said to have used. If he was going to meet her later, why did she feel the need to call, only to just talk about small talk? How do we know she even called him? He was watching his little brother. What did he do with him when he went to help Angie? I do not want to think that Rob had anything to do with her disappearance, but... It is a known statistic that most murdered pregnant women are killed by their husband's boyfriends. People that know him say he is a great guy, but everyone has a dark side, some darker than others. His devastation and guilt may be caused by more than he has admitted. Like I said, I hope he is innocent, but some of the facts do not add up. The truck he describes was very, very common during the time of her alleged kidnapping. The mural of a bass jumping out of water was also very common around the Truman Lake area. If she was so concerned about describing the truck, you would think she would have read him the plates. I have a theory of what happened, and it's just a theory, but until I'm proving wrong, I'm willing to go with it. (laughs) Hang on. Angie may very well have called him that night, but I think they got into a fight. He jumped into his car and went to the booth and had her get into his car. He drove south out of town down to Truman Lake, and for whatever reason, she was killed. It may have been an accident, but either way, she ended up in Truman Lake. Lots of ways to weigh her down, or maybe put her down an old well on corp ground around the lake. I have no idea how he got rid of the body, but there is no end of the ways he could have done it. Then Rob drives back to town, and then his car breaks down. How does he explain why he was there when his car broke down? How does he explain her car at the booth? How does he explain her disappearance? So he comes up with the stranger in the Ford truck story. I don't believe for a minute that a stranger... Uh, A stranger to the area took her. He would not have known the area well enough to dump her body and it never be found. If Rob is innocent, I do feel sorry for his loss and what he has went through, but I am skeptical. I don't like her. Um, I'm sorry, but she's made so many leaps of logic there. Yeah. Like, just point by point, she's like, what did he do with the brother when he went to help Angela? He probably left the brother there. He was probably like, you'll be fine for five minutes. My wife has just been abducted. Fiance. Fiance has just been abducted. Like, yeah. just chill out. I'll be back. Right. She does make a good point about the pregnant women often being murdered by the Yeah, but just because that's the, the statistic. statistic does not mean that that's what happens in every case. You can't be like, well, statistically, it's more likely to be you, so you're guilty. Underneath that post, another poster said that they thought Rob was – oh, sorry, underneath another post where someone had said that they thought Rob was behind it, someone else had commented, I can guarantee he is not behind this. Yeah. That poster was anonymous, though, so it could have been Rob himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think he is. There's nothing – and where she's like, it doesn't add up. What doesn't add up? I haven't heard anything in his story so far that doesn't add up. I might get to it later. I can't remember, but what doesn't add up for me is that he heard her yelling his name. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a bit weird. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, I call bullshit on that too. However, what I'm thinking is adrenaline is high. He sees the truck. He's in his maybe head. he thought he heard her. He thought he heard her. He was like, my fiance in there, and he could hear scream. I don't know. Maybe he heard a scream as. As she went past, like you could probably hear a scream, maybe if it was loud enough. Maybe, but you'd have he, surely the abductor would have the windows up, and surely he would have incapacitated Angie the second he maybe abducted he her. Maybe he didn't have the windows up. Maybe the windows were still down. But then, what's Angie doing? Just sitting there? Maybe tied up. Seven blocks maybe away, and the guy has enough time to maybe tie. Maybe he's it. got a gun to her. Maybe he's got a gun in his hand, and he's like, "You sit there and you shut up, or I'm gonna shoot you." And then she still screams out Rob's name. Yeah, maybe if she sees his car. Maybe she's like "Rob, Rob, like she's just seen him, but maybe, maybe, maybe again, if that's the only thing that doesn't add up, like it's, it's still I think story I makes think it's sense. a bit it's a bit suspicious that this guy hasn't been found identified, yeah, but that's there are so many missing people's cases where right, but not when you've got the make model partial number plate. Again, he... Could have changed it. Could have changed it. Maybe the police didn't do a good job. True. Yeah, I mean, the small town police are probably not as versed in um, kidnapping and Mm -hmm. um, murder cases. All right. I'll keep going. So another, um, another suspect, serial killer Kenneth McDuff. He was killing between the years 66 and 92. He was looked into as a possible suspect, but he was never officially tied to the case. Mcduff definitely committed murders in the state of Missouri, but at this point in his life, all of his known crimes were committed throughout Texas. He did eventually move back to Kansas City before he was apprehended again, but it appears that he was still in Texas when Angela was abducted, so it's not likely that he was responsible for this. yeah, yeah. the abduction and murder of Trudy Darby, remember the convenience the first convenience store worker? That was eventually solved um, with the conviction of half-brothers Jesse Rush and Marvin Chaney. But Angie and Cheryl's cases still remain open. The investigators did suspect that Jesse and Marvin were involved in Cheryl's case. That was the other convenience store worker. Um, But the two haven't been charged with that crime. Also, Jesse Rush was admitting to everyone that he'd killed Trudy. So I would have thought that if he had been involved with Cheryl or Angie, he would have been admitting that as well. But Marvin remained tight-lipped on all of the cases, so it's possible that maybe he worked alone for Cheryl and then he brought his half-brother in for Trudy. Unknown. It is mentioned in a couple of places that Angie might have been the victim of a random crime of opportunity, that some guy just saw her alone, decided he was going to take her, this is also possible, I guess, but I think it's a little odd that no one in this small town, like seemingly, you know, everyone knows everyone type of town, didn't know a guy with a two tone green pickup truck um, with a fish decal on the rear window. I don't find that that strange. I think it's very possible that he. Maybe didn't live in the town, maybe, so someone passing through. Yeah, or he like lived close by, but not actually in the town. And he maybe yeah goes fishing and camping, things like that. Kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he's yeah, passing through town at night. He sees this woman on a payphone. He's like, "Yeah, I'll have her. Easy. Yeah, 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 I'll take her." In April of 2021, the 30th anniversary of Angie's disappearance, Clinton PD—that's police department. I yeah, I got that. Okay. Announced that they were investigating a new theory of Angie's abduction. Apparently, you're gonna love this. It like it's awful, but you're gonna love it. Back in the early '90s, a confidential informant who was providing information on on narcotics cases to Clinton PD had received a cut and paste letter, like those you know those typical ransom notes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it read, "Hello, number redacted. We know who you are, number redacted. People like you deserve what you get." We know where your foxy daughter is at. She will see us soon. Tell wife's name. She has our deepest sympathy in her further loss. Goodbye. Redacted. Who was this to? This was to the confidential informant. So this is the CI who's working for the cops on yeah. narcotics cases. But and what does this have to do with? I'm gonna get to it. Okay. Why would you question that so early? I'm getting to it. Because <laughs> because I didn't have context. I was like, what what is this? So this, so this confidential informant receives this letter. Right. This weird letter. Yep. So he's a rat, basically. Yeah. He's doing a good job, but he's, you know, in, in criminal terms, he's a rat. Uh-huh. So they're basically going, we know you're a rat and we're going to kill your daughter as a, as a result. That's what they're saying in this letter, right? Mm-hmm. The letter correctly identified the CI's court-issued number. That's okay. that redacted number. Yeah. And his estranged wife's name. They got that right as well. Okay. And th- those are the redacted sections. Yeah. The letter was postmarked on the day of Angie's disappearance. The CI's wife had a daughter who was named Angie and apparently looked really similar to Angie Hammond. Oh. And they lived in Clinton at the same time. And they were the same age? Mm-hmm. Like roughly the like, roughly same age. They looked the same Same name, lived Ooh. in Clinton as well. So investigators now theorize that perhaps those involved in the drug operation had targeted the CI's daughter but had mistakenly abducted Angie rather than the CI's Angie. Yeah, and I suppose they're like, looks like her, they get her in the car, what's your name, Angie? Angie. Okay, yep. Yeah, Great, got her right. we've got her. mm they haven't been able to prove anything yet, though. But they're investigating it currently. Really recently, Clinton PD received an anonymous call about the case, and the caller made reference to the letter. hmm That person did not call back, though, and the department aren't sure who it was. They're just really hoping that person calls back through with information. Did it say what they said? In no. Call? They just referenced the letter. Referenced the letter, so they obviously have some information about the case. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Angie's mum, Marsha Cook, passed away in May of 2021 without knowing who took her daughter or knowing where her remains are. Um, at the time of her abduction, Angie was between four eleven and five foot. She weighed 120 uh, uh, between 120 and 140 pounds. She had brown eyes and hair. And a reward is still being offered for information on this case. So it's not closed, it's not cold, rather, they're still investigating, um, obviously, as recently as April of 2021. Yeah, good. Okay. And that's the case of Angie Hammond and her abduction. So sad. I always find these missing persons ones really sad because I know that the family must just be like... Just not knowing what happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm glad that they're still investigating it. My hope with all of these ones that happened, like, back in the 90s or, like, you know, even earlier... in the 90s. Is that a song? It's from Bojack Horseman. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> my hope is just that, like, people die and on their deathbeds they're like, "Oh, look, I know this about this case," or mm-hmm. like people eventually are like, "Oh well, I might as well just spill the beans." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm gonna, uh, I've got cancer. I might as well just tell everyone. Or like, my hope is just that eventually someone's like, "Oh well, there's. I might as well just tell people now." Do you have something that you would confess on your deathbed? Deathbed? Not yet. <laughs> I haven't done anything that bad. Yeah, but like others, other people's secrets. Oh. Um, yeah. Nah. Lame. Yeah, but you know, I'm still young. You could tell people that I pooed in the garden rather than the cat. Yeah. When I was young. I could. Do you want me to cut that out of the episode? I don't really care. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't need to tell people now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, I'm still hoping to if I live to old age, um, me and Donna have both agreed to like become vigilantes. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, maybe if I do live to old age I will have done some vigilante shit that I can mm. confess to when I'm dying. Yeah, like what kind of vigilante stuff would you do? Like putting spiders in someone's mailbox? Uh no. Like oh. killing pedophiles and murderers and people who abuse oh. animals and stuff. I don't think you'd kill I don't think you'd be able to kill someone. Yeah, I reckon. No, we'll see. I think the police can use this as a confession. Yeah, well, I'll be like eighty, so so who gives a fuck? So I don't care. Yeah. All right, put me in jail or whatever. All right, all right, fine. So that's the story of Angie Hammond. Yeah. Okay. Sad. Sad case. Yeah. Uh, if you've got any information, go to Clinton PD. Clinton PD. Is there like a Crime Stoppers thing in America? What are they What are they? Yeah, use? probably. Yeah. Don't unsolved mysteries have a um Yeah. Yeah, you can get in touch with them. Um uh, that that episode is available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um the Angie Hammond section goes for like ten minutes. And yeah, Dennis Farina is the Yeah, I mean we don't have any American listeners, but you know, if you know anything about it I don't know how you would know. If you were in a in a bar in Clinton and then you overheard someone talking. Yeah. Maybe it was Rob. Yeah, maybe um you've got like a weird uncle who has gotten drunk and mentioned something before. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how these things get out, but Uncles. somebody somebody's gotta know something. Um, yeah, good one. I mean sad. Yeah depressing, but yeah. Good one. All right. So listen in next week when what are we gonna be covering next week? I think I am doing I'll tell you what you're doing. Oh wait, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. What I'm, are you doing? I'm doing a cult. Next a cult week. okay it's our first it's cult. our first cult yeah yep. all right cool well i look forward to listening to that ties to australia so great yeah i'm currently researching it so yeah cool all right we'll tune in next week um i'll follow us on all the things that we said at the beginning and yeah listen next week when sarah is going to be covering a cult bye bye